Turn with me to John chapter 1, verse 35. John chapter 1, verse 35. You know, the people who are most influential are not always the movie stars or the football players or, or people that are in the spotlight. A lot of times, people that make the most difference are ordinary people. People who are godly and raise their kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. People who serve their community and serve other people around them in the name of Jesus Christ. People who share the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a profound difference can be made through the lives of ordinary people. Jesus chose 12 ordinary men. Now, some of them had some, uh, like Matthew, had a lucrative job. But uh, generally, they were just regular, ordinary people. And God used them to turn the world upside down. Because that's the God we serve. He is able, in our weakness, to be strong. Uh, we need to make an, an impact and have an influence in our communities today as we've never needed to make an, an impact before. With what's happening in our country and the wicked path that many are taking, God's people must shine as lights in this world. We must be salt and light to a needy world. It's so desperately needed. People don't know the truth. People don't know what's right and wrong. People don't have a path. But you and I know the truth that can set people free. John is giving us some information about how Jesus began to call his first disciples and how some began to follow him even before his call. And in this account of how several men began to follow Jesus, we also get some information that helps us understand how we can make a difference in the lives of other people. Uh, these are some very practical things. Now, it's not everything. Uh, there's some things, such as the Holy Spirit, uh, that is, is not mentioned necessarily here. But, but as far as practical things, these are some great practical things that most people can do uh, to make a difference in the lives of other people. Now, you may not do all of these things. You may have a few, according to your giftedness and the way God has wired you, there may be a few that you use more than others. Uh, some of you will be used more in serving. Others of you will be used more in speaking. But th that's not the main point. But the point is that we're making a difference in the lives of people. And we can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we need to do it. Uh, so the title of my message is How to Make a Difference. And specifically, how to make a difference in the lives of other people. Uh, so look with me at verse 35 of John 1. It says, The next day John was standing with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and noticed them following, he asked them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, Where are you staying? Come and you'll see, he replied. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. 
Uh, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed him. He first found his own brother, Simon, and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought Simon to Jesus. When Jesus saw him, he said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to live, leave for Galilee. He found Philip and told him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and so did the prophets, Jesus, the son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathanael asked him. Come and see, Philip answered. Then Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, and he said about him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me, Nathanael asked? Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you, Jesus answered. Rabbi Nathanael replied, You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus responded to him, Do you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, Truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. How to make a difference? Well, how should we make a difference in the lives of people? Well, first of all, you need to teach them something. You need to teach them something. John, John the Baptist, in verse 36, sees Jesus passing by and he says, Look. The, the Greek word there is behold. <laughs> Whoa. You know, it's, we, my brother and I used to do that when we saw a Corvette. Whoa. You know, that's what Jesus is saying. Look, the Lamb of God. Here is the one who can take away your sin. Here is the one you need to look to. Here is the one you need to take notice of. Jesus taught them many things, but John taught them to look to Jesus. And that one truth changed their lives. They were never the same. Can you imagine the difference that was made when they began to follow Jesus, when Jesus began to make a difference in their lives? So, we need to teach each other something. Now, there have been many people that God has used in my life in this way. Different people with different gifts have taught me different things. Uh, I've had uh, some older adults who have shared some things with me that were, were very wise that, I have, uh, that I've held on to. I was sharing one of those things this week with somebody, and uh, O.S. Hawkins uh, shared this, and he said that he had gotten upset at somebody in his first church he pastored. And he was very frustrated, and he was going to go confront the man and tell him what he thought. And so uh, he had an old wise deacon in his church who told him, he said, you know, he said, I've got a lot of cow patties in my field. He said, but they don't stink till I kick them. And uh, he, he thought about that a moment, and he decided, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna, and, and he said, that man saved me a lot of heartache early in my ministry. And so 
uh, uh, many things. Uh, my parents, uh, especially my mom, taught me the value of a daily quiet time, spending time in prayer and God's Word. That has changed my life. Uh, others, uh, I've had professors who've taught me things in seminary. I've had uh, pastor friends. I had one pastor friend who prayed in faith like nobody I've ever seen. He taught me what it looked like to pray in faith. And uh, what a powerful prayer warrior he was. But God will put people into your life as you're seeking him, as you're a part of the body of Christ, that will speak into your life and will make a difference. And you need to be that kind of person for somebody else. Is there something that you have learned in your walk with God? Then you have something to share with somebody else, right? That's one reason why Sunday school is such a blessing. Because when I preach, one person talks. When we have Sunday school time together, uh, people are able to discuss the things of God. And you can share what you've learned or how God's blessed you this week. And sometimes I think I get a better blessing out of it than my class does. And it's just such a, such a great, great blessing. Um, so teach somebody something. This is especially important for parents. Parents, teach your kids the things of God that you've learned. Um, pray for me. <laughs> uh, anyway, teach the things of God that you have learned to your kids. I one day I was I was uh, thinking about being a spiritual leader, and you know God's called man to be a spiritual leader in the home. And uh, I said, Lord, I, you know, I just think I've kind of not, I've not done what I need to do as a spiritual leader. And I was, uh, I was praying about it. How could I be a better spiritual leader? And I felt like God was saying, just share what I am doing in, in your quiet time, in your life, as you have opportunity. I said, okay, I think I can do that. And so I would do that. If God would bless me in my quiet time, I'd share it with my kids, or I'd share it with Sherry, and we talk about it. Now, we do other things as well, but, but um, just something. It doesn't have to be something life-shattering. Just teach those things that you have learned to somebody else. It's powerful. And you'll never know until you get home to be with the Lord, probably, how much you've impacted somebody's life just through that simple thing of teaching them something. So how to make a difference, first of all, teach them something. Secondly, ask a question. Ask a good question. <laughs> Verse 38, Jesus turned and noticed them following him, and he asked them, what are you looking for? Or you could also translate that, who are you looking for? Now this is a good question. And they, they, they said, well, Lord, we want to know where you live. So, you know, and, you know, they kind of gathered, well, they want to spend some time and uh, get some teaching and so forth. Uh, but I think Jesus' question was strategic. I think Jesus wanted them to think about what it was that they truly wanted. You know, sometimes people come to church for various reasons, right? Um, Hopefully you come to honor the Lord and to exalt His name and to follow Him. And, but sometimes people come to the Lord to make, uh, come to the church to make business contacts. Um, 
I have, I have uh, heard people share that in their testimony. They said, you know, the only reason I came to church was to, to have business contacts with other people. Uh, sometimes people may come to church for the socializing, right? They want to get together with other people and, um, and have a good time. Nothing wrong with that. And matter of fact, that's one reason we need church. We need each other. But uh, why do you come to church? It's a good question to ask, right? Why are you following Jesus or going through the motions of following Jesus? Good question to ask. Jesus said, what do you want? Who is it that you want? Now, that's a good question as well. Some people have this idea that they've come up with in their mind of who Jesus is, but it's not who the true biblical Jesus is. Uh, and so... Um, Sometimes questions get us to think. Um, I remember I was counseling a couple of years ago. This was at a former church. And um, the woman was very critical of her husband all the time. She said, I want him to do such and so and do such and so. And um, she criticized him all the time. And I asked her, I said, how's that working for you? And, uh, and this, is, this, is what, um, this is what she, she said, it's not working. I said, well, there's your answer. You know, so, uh, you know, she needed to, to redirect her attention to some other things, probably to prayer for her husband and encouragement. But I asked the question to get her to think, is this working? Uh, so you can sometimes ask a question. Sometimes in a witnessing situation, you can ask a question. Uh, I was reading a book. Uh, this apologist was sharing about how he was witnessing this man. And he, the man was, uh, was an atheist. And he said, well, why do you believe what you believe? And the man began to think for a second. He said, well, he said, I guess I believe it because somebody told me about it. And he said, yeah. See, a lot of times people say that about Christians, right? You Christians, you just believe it because somebody told you to believe it. Well, that's no different than any other worldview, right? You learn it somewhere. But uh, we as Christians, it, that's not the only reason we believe, right? The Holy Spirit deals with our hearts and so forth. But uh, why do you believe? And this, this got his mind working, and he ended up coming to faith in Jesus Christ over a period of time because... He really thought about what he was believing. So you can ask questions, and sometimes God may bring a question to mind as you're talking with somebody who's lost or as you're talking with a brother or sister in Christ. It's a, it's a question you can ask to help them think about the situation or perhaps to give an answer. Jesus did this all the time. A lot of times when somebody was trying to argue with him, he would ask a question. That's good, isn't it? Rather than, you know, you know what happens when two people argue a lot of times? Voices get louder and louder and louder and louder. And before long, the walls are up and you can't get one word through because neither side is listening to the other side. But if you ask a question, a lot of times you can keep the conversation going. So um, ask a good question. Sometimes that can make a profound difference. I had a, a pastor friend one time. I was having a, a problem at a former church and uh, I went to this pastor friend of mine that I respected, and I told him, I said, I have asked all these different people, and they've all given me different answers to what I should do. I said, I'm just, I'm confused. And he said, well, what's God telling you? 
You see, God didn't call them to your church. He called you to your church. What is God telling you? And it's like the light bulb came on. Oh, yeah. That's true. And so uh, it, it solved my confusion, helped me greatly in the process. And I went, I got along with God. God gave me a, a leadership and direction and, and moved through the problem, and, and it was okay. But, but this, this is what questions do. They get us to uh, evaluate what, how we're approaching things and how we're thinking about things. And they're very, very powerful. So uh, how to make a difference. First of all, teach them something. Secondly, ask a question. Thirdly, spend some time. Look at verse 39. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. Jesus spent some time with these disciples of John the Baptist. Now, I'd love to have been on the fly on the wall, right? To hear what was going on, what was being said. Uh, I'm sure it was good if the Lord Jesus was saying it. Uh, but he invested. Think about that for a second. The Lord of the universe, who made the stars, said, come to my house, let's talk a little bit. Or as I saw on uh, Facebook one time, somebody said, come to my house and let's share some sweet tea. You know, if, if you're in the South, that's what you do. But anyway, uh, Jesus made time for these men, and they uh, discussed the things of God, and Jesus had an impact in their life through spending a little time. Now, all of us have a limited amount of time, don't we? You can't do everything in your life. But God, at times, will lay people upon your heart you need to take some time and spend some time with them, and it can make a profound difference. Uh, I think God sometimes will lay a brother or sister on your heart that is struggling. They need a word of encouragement, or perhaps uh, they just need somebody to, to listen to them and pray for them. Uh, he may lay somebody upon your heart like that, and you go by, or you make a phone call. Or, or um, uh, it could be uh, that you have an ongoing discipleship relationship with someone that God puts upon your heart. I know some men who do that, and it's a very effective ministry where they would, they'll pray and say, Lord, would you lay two or three men upon my heart, or two or three ladies, if you're a lady, upon my heart that I can invest in, that you would let me uh, disciple. And uh, some people do that very effectively. God's given them a gift for it. And what happens, they disciple people, then then those people get out and they disciple people. And before long, all these people are getting discipled. And it's a wonderful thing. Um, I've done that some in the past. But um, God will give you, if you're open to being used. Sometimes it's just taking some time when you're going about your day to speak to somebody about Jesus. To spend some time. That's That's a valuable commodity sometimes for us, but... What if I took five, ten minutes to stop what I'm doing to tell somebody about Jesus? That might be the most important ten minutes I've ever spent. So, um, make sure you're available. And, and if you want to make a difference in the lives of people, spend some time. This is important for families, too, by the way. Make sure you spend... Did you know that parents who spend... Two minutes a day with eye contact and really paying attention to their kids. Their kids do better in school. 
they're better emotionally adjusted. Uh, they, they, every facet of their lives improves just from two minutes a day. Isn't that amazing? So make time for people in your family. Make time as God leads you in the lives of other people so that you can make a difference. So uh, making a difference in the lives of people. Teach them something. Ask a question. A good question. Spend some time. Bring them to Jesus. I can't think of anything better to do. Uh, verse 42, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, he brought Simon to Jesus. Talk about a powerful thing. What's involved in bringing somebody? Hey, Peter, come with me. Let's go see Jesus. Pretty simple, right? Peter's life was forever changed. I remember when I was in, in fifth grade, I had several friends uh, that I'd talked to about the Lord. I was real excited. I was a new Christian. Uh, but uh, we had a revival at our church, and I just felt like I needed to invite those guys to church. So I invited them, and probably, I think about four or five of them probably came. And uh, three of them gave their hearts to Christ that night. Isn't that great? It's just the power of a simple invitation. Did you know that more than any other means of people coming to Christ, people in America are saved through a personal invitation? That's true. Uh, the Billy Graham School of Evangelism, they, uh, they do this every time they do an evangelism seminar. They ask everybody in the, in the audience, raise your hand if somebody talked to you one-on-one -on -one about Jesus and that's how you came to faith. And there'll be a few people raise their hands in the audience. You know, if, if you heard a radio broadcast, there'll be a few people. Uh, how many of you, somebody invited you to church? And about 80% will raise their hands. That's powerful. You want to make a difference in the lives of people, get them under the hearing of God's Word. It's powerful. And so, um, Andrew, that was his thing. Andrew was always bringing people to Jesus. He was kind of in the background. You know, he wasn't, you know, Simon Peter was always in the, he, sometimes he was sticking his foot in his mouth, but he was always in the forefront of things, right? Uh, James and John, the sons of thunder, they were kind of in the, in the thick of things. But Andrew was in the background. But what Andrew did, there wouldn't have been a Simon Peter without Andrew. Think about that. Who was it that invited Billy Graham to the, the crusade uh, where he went? he went? He went to make fun of the evangelists. I don't know if you knew that. Billy Graham went to the, went to the uh, crusade where he was saved to make fun of the evangelist. And he fell under conviction and was saved. <laughs> uh, but someone, can you imagine the difference that was made? I, I don't know how he... He came to know about that crusade. Maybe there was a billboard. Somebody said, come to this crusade. Maybe there was somebody who invited him one-on-one. Uh, -on -one, but he came, and his life was forever changed. And he went from a reviler to a proclaimer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, how can you make a difference in the lives of people? Teach them something. Ask a question, spend some time, bring them to Jesus, challenge them to follow. 
challenged them to follow. Verse 43, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. He found Philip and told him, follow me. Follow me. He's challenging Philip. Philip, I want you to leave behind what you're doing and follow me. Challenge other people to follow Jesus. Uh, sometimes that may be something specific. I, I remember uh, hearing the testimony of a pastor who was uh, uh, raised up in a church and uh, someone in his church just, just knew that God was going to use him as a pastor. And she came up and told him one day, she said, I believe God's going to call you to preach. I think that's what you're supposed to do. And uh, he, you know, I don't know what, what his response was, but, but uh, he still remembered it all those years later. And he mentioned this lady and, and the impact that had on him as a young man. He, he never had even thought of the fact that God would use him. And yet God had a purpose for his life. And somebody challenged him to fulfill the purpose God had for his life. Now, obviously, God's got to tell you. If you're going to be a pastor, God's got to tell you. Somebody else can't just tell you. But God will sometimes use a brother or sister in Christ and their challenge to help people take a step, right? I had, uh, I had people challenging me to give my heart to Christ for a year before I made a decision to give my heart to Christ. Um, and it's powerful. It's powerful. Sometimes someone might challenge you by saying, hey, uh, I remember uh, one of the quarterback coaches at UT a few years back uh, challenged this young quarterback, and he said, hey, you're skipping meetings, and you're doing these things, and you're not fulfilling your potential. You need to be a leader on this team. And he challenged him. You work the hardest. You come to these meetings. You invest yourself in what you're doing. By the way, if we can invest ourselves for a game like football, we sure can invest ourselves for a thing like Christianity, right? But he challenged him. It's powerful. Jesus said, follow me. And Peter, Philip, took the challenge, right? And his life was never the same. I wonder how many, how many times Philip thought back to this moment about how God had changed his life through the challenge that Jesus issued to him. So challenge. Uh, challenge your kids. Put something before them. Give them something to attain as God leads you. Now, so how can you make a difference in the lives of people? Teach them something, ask a good question, spend some time, bring them to Jesus, challenge them to follow. Give a testimony. Now, Philip, in verse 45, found Nathaniel. He finds his good buddy Nathaniel. And he tells him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law. And so did the prophets, Jesus, the son of Joseph, from Nazareth. We found him. Can you believe this, Nathaniel? He's here. The one we've studied all these prophecies about, we've studied the law of Moses, and we've been looking for him, and we've been expecting him. We found him. 
Nathaniel was from the show me state. <laughs> he says, Nazareth? Really? You found the Messiah from Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And he's not convinced, but he's at least moved enough to go with Philip to see Jesus. And, of course, his life has changed. His life has changed. Why? Because Philip gave a testimony. Now, one great thing about a testimony is anybody can give a testimony. Because all a testimony is is saying, this is what God has done in my life. Anybody can do that. You don't have to have a Ph.D. You don't have to be uh, great at thinking through arguments or anything like that. You just say, this is, I love what the, the blind man said. You know, the Pharisees are giving him a hard time about Jesus. He says, well, one thing I know, once I was blind and now I see. <laughs> kind of hard to argue with that, isn't it? This is what Jesus did in my life. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Maybe you share an answered prayer. Or perhaps you talk about what God has done in your church as, as, uh, as he's been working in the lives of people. Or, I mean, it could be a hundred different things. One of the best things is how you came to Christ. What did God do to change your life? What did God do to bring you to faith? As you share that with someone else, it's powerful. Okay? So it's, a lot of times it will open up. I remember when I was lost, I heard several testimonies from people about how Jesus had filled the emptiness in their life. And that really perked me up and, and got me listening because guess what? I was empty. And I heard their testimony. And you know what it did? It didn't bring me to Christ right away, but it perked me up. And I began to listen to those messages because I realized, hey, this might be the answer to my issue. Because somebody else told me that Jesus did that for them. So, uh, give a testimony. Finally, if you want to make a difference in the lives of people, trust your partner. Who's your partner? Jesus. <laughs> okay. Uh, listen, you and I, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So uh, take the pressure off. You, they're not going to get it because you sweat harder. Or because, you know, I mean, ultimately, you need to do what God tells you to do. But leave the results with God. He is the one that does the heavy lifting of salvation, but also of life change. After uh, Nathaniel says, verse 46, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip's answer was, was just brief. He says, come and see. Come and see. Didn't argue with him. What's he doing? He's saying, hey, I may not be able to convince him, but I know somebody who can. And he brings him to Jesus. Trust your partner. Did you know you have the Holy Spirit of God living within you. The Bible says this is our hope. Christ Jesus within us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Jesus walks with you. You say, well, I thought he was at the right hand. He is. In his manifest glory, he's at the right hand. But he's also God the Son. And as God the Son, he's omnipresent. He can be at all places. He wants to be at the same time. And so... Uh, he can dwell in the hearts 
of human beings. That means Jesus goes with you wherever you go. That means the Holy Spirit goes with you wherever you go. You have a, an unseen partner who is supernatural, powerful, and able. And as you respond to him and you let him lead you and you speak, you, you don't have to close the deal necessarily. You might, okay? But if that person's resistant and you can tell they're, they're done talking, they don't want to pursue it anymore, leave it with Jesus. You said what God has laid upon your heart to say, trust your partner. Because guess what he can do? He can work on that person while you sleep. <laughs> it, it's the most amazing thing. I, I had a, a, a buddy in the military, uh, and one day I had the temerity to ask him where he went to church. Kind of an innocuous question, you would think. He, he just got red-faced mad. He said, we can't talk about that and be friends. I said, okay. You know, I just backed off, and I'd say another word to him. But God had laid him on my heart, so I began to pray for him. And we, we had a, a group. There were three, three guys uh, that would meet together every week, and we would pray not just for him but for some other things as well. But we prayed for him for about three months. I said not a word to him. One day he asked me a question. Well, I heard some preacher say this. What do you think? And that's exactly the way he asked it. And I just gave him a very brief answer and didn't say anything else. Next day, he asked me two questions. And, you know, it, and then we got into these long conversations. And one day, he was getting out of the military. One day, he told me, he said, he said, I just, I don't know why. I can't stop thinking about this. And I was, I didn't, I didn't say this. I didn't smile. But I was, I know exactly why you can't stop thinking about this. We were praying for him. And guess what? My partner was working. He shut me up, but he couldn't shut up the Holy Spirit. Trust your partner. My, my dad was sharing with me. We, uh, we went and visited. This was in Blount County uh, when my dad was pastoring in Blount County. I was in high school at the time. And we went and we visited this man, and his son had been going to our church and um, had a good visit with him, spent about probably about an hour at his house and, and talking with him and everything. But he was sharing with us all the, the uh, hardships and the difficulties that he'd gone through in his life and uh, how finally he'd come to the place where he'd called upon God to save him. And, and, and uh, it was really, really uh, interesting to hear. Well, I, I, as, after we left, my dad told me, he said, uh, he said, I didn't remember this until about halfway through that visit. He said, we came to this man's house years ago when you were a little boy. And we tried to talk to this guy about Jesus, and he threw us off his property. And we stood outside the fence at his house, and we prayed, Lord, would you do whatever it takes to bring this man to faith in Christ? A decade had passed. My dad had forgotten all about it, but guess what? His partner was working. And this man came to Christ. Listen, you and I are not the big stuff. We're just the instrument. We speak a word. We may not know what difference it will make, 
But as we trust the Lord to work through us, such a powerful, powerful change can come. Listen, I've seen God change lives. I've seen him change churches. We serve a living, mighty, powerful God. Trust your partner as you try to make a difference for Jesus. How to make a difference in the lives of people. Teach them something. Ask a good question. Spend some time. Bring them to Jesus. Challenge them to follow. Give a testimony and trust your partner, and you can make a difference. These are very practical things. There's something in this list that you can do. Isn't that great? Take these things and use them, and you can make an eternal difference for God. If you don't know Jesus today, he wants to make an eternal difference in you. Jesus Christ lived the perfect life you couldn't live, died the death you deserved, Because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of Jesus' death at the cross, we can be forgiven. Uh, Ephesians 1, 7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Isn't that wonderful? Um, Forgiveness according to the riches of God's grace. In other words, there's plenty of forgiveness to cover your sin because of Jesus. And then Jesus, on the third day, powerfully rose from the dead. And the Bible says that God calls us to choose to turn from our sin in our own way to follow Christ and to receive the gift of eternal life and simple trust in Jesus. If you'd like to receive Jesus today, you can pray a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, today I surrender to you. I choose to follow you. And I receive your grace. I trust you. To save me. And can I tell you on the authority of God's word, He will save your soul as you pray genuinely from your heart. And He'll do it. That's the promise of God. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that's my challenge to you. If you don't know Christ today, give your heart to Him. Give your heart to Him today. If you'd like to talk about that here, here more in just a moment, uh, I'll be here at the front. I'm going to be working on some things. Or if I'm talking to somebody, you come up. If you need to give your heart to Christ and you're, you're struggling with that and you want some help with that, uh, if you'd like me to pray with you about that, listen, that's the most important thing. I'll set aside this other stuff. And, or if I'm talking to somebody, you say, hey, pastor, I need to talk with you about spiritual things. And I'll excuse myself and we'll talk about spiritual things and we'll get these things straightened with you before you leave this place. If you're here today and you're a child of God, God doesn't need your ability so much as he wants your availability. Would you just say to the Lord, Lord, I'm available to be used. To say a word, to serve, whatever. I'm available. Use me. If you you pray that in your heart, I believe God will use you for his glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, make the decisions we need to make. uh, If it's to say, I'm available, Lord, give us the grace to genuinely say that to you. And enable us to truly make a difference in the lives of people. Help us pray for those that we know who are lost so that you can make a difference, Lord, and you'll work in their lives as we call upon your name. And Father, um, for those who are lost, I pray that you give them the grace, the ability to genuinely... uh, 
repent of their sin and put their trust in Jesus today for salvation and eternal life. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.